decide to say this. So I'm going to start by the, the word is simply turn to the Lord. Turn to the Lord. That is what I'm sharing on. And we read from the book of Second Corinthians three as our major text. Second Corinthians three. And we're in from verse fifteen. So but even unto this day when Moses is read, the veil is upon your heart. Nevertheless, when he shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding us in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even not by the Spirit of the Lord. Heavenly Father, I just want to pray this morning that you grant us understanding wisdom. And I demand, Holy Spirit, that my listeners who receive into their hearts that which you have determined to give unto them. And I also pray, Father, that your word will create an environment within them for your glory to be properly manifested and revealed. Thank you, Father, because you are such a loving God who is always visiting his people for good. This morning, God, will lift up your right hand of righteousness. We demand that you should rest on your people expressly for change in jesus name amen talking about moving to the glory of the lord one thing i want you to understand first is the glory is the character of god the nature of god and it also speaks about the promises the blessings the salvation of god because see god was speaking and, and moses said paul was equally right and talks about if we have the gospel which is much more glorious as compared to the ministry of Moses he said the ministry of Jesus which is the New Testament is much more glorious now what I was trying to make reference to was you know in the book of Romans the Bible tells us that the, the, the children of Israel that they have the promises is that alright they have the promises now there are so many promises God gave to the children of Israel which was glorious promises that separates them from the rest of the communities is that okay? Now, so when, G when Paul says, this present one is much more glorious, now it, it also speaks of the fact that it has its own promises, but the truth is, the promises of the Old Testament are going to be fulfilled in this. How do I know that? Because Hebrew 11 tells us that they without us cannot receive the promises. Though they have it, that is why it's more glorious. Now, so what he's saying is, when we come to the place where we turn to the Lord, those promises will now become ours. Is that okay? Those promises will now become ours. That's why it is much more glorious. And we're changing from glory to glory. That means things are beginning to happen. Apart from the transformation within us, but our life will take ascendancy. From poverty to glory, from failure to success, from weakness to strength, from poverty to riches, ascendancy, there is a glorious movement. Hallelujah. Are you catching this? So that's why we're moving from glory to glory. Right? Now, you understand something. The gospel, the power of the gospel takes you from glory to glory. Now, why was it one of the reasons? That the glory of the Old Testament had to fade away was because I mean Moses covered his face. Right? 
is one of the reasons the Old Testament cannot be a permanent structure. Because the principles to reveal God's life was veiled in the one that ministered it. But Jesus' face is open, so every promise that is embedded in Christ is revealed as you behold it. Are you catching this? So that is from glory to glory. So the more you look on Him, the more the promises that are in Christ are revealed to you. And I can't say that goes beyond reading the word. It is seeing His face. Hallelujah. Okay, now, I would like you to understand something because He said, if we turn, I'm going to still say one or two things about what happens when you turn. But He said, if we turn to the Lord, these things will begin to do what? Happen. If we turn, that means there has to be a turning first. But you see, unfortunately, just like you talk about balancing, there is a place in this turning that we can't do ourselves. Because we don't even know how to turn. We don't know when to turn. Now, look at Psalm 80, for instance. Psalm 80. Hallelujah. Psalm 80. And look at verse 3. But if you look at your Bible, you find that David said this same word three times just in this passage. Psalm 80, verse 3, verse 7, verse 19. He said the same thing. Now look at what he said in verse 3. Turn us, O God. I mean, turn us again, O God. And cause thy face to shine. And we shall be what? Uh-huh. So, that's what I'm saying. Salvation is directly connected to this issue of moving from glory to glory. Turn us, O Lord. It means we can't turn ourselves. We don't know how to turn ourselves. We don't even know why we need to turn. But you see, when you truly turn, there is salvation. Turn us again. Now, when the world uses the word again, it should tell you something. He said, O Lord. Turn us again. The Hebrew word has to be benu. It means to convert or to restore again. Right? Now we say, and the cause I face with the light of God's countenance. That is the greatest blessing that any man can enjoy. When say, cause your face, the light of his glory. And where does you find the light of God's glory? It is revealed in the face of who? Of Christ. Turn us again. That we may be saved. That means, these people are saying, they were saying, we've been in captivity. We've been in trouble. We've been in oppression. Men have been oppressing on us. Systems in the world have been oppressing us. Enemies left and right. But if you can turn us, we shall be saved. Hallelujah. So turn us again, O oh Lord, and cause thy face to shine. And we shall be saved. That means if you are not torn, there is no way you can be saved. And you can't be torn except God turns you. And there are things you must begin to ask for. For God to be able to do this. Hallelujah. Turning, turning itself is a prayer point. Because until God turns you, you will know who you are. I'm going to show you something later. Jeremiah Christ, until you turn me, I didn't remember my youth. 
There are some things that you don't know that in your life now that you are living with until you are told. When God turns you, today you see the wretchedness and the foolishness that you are in. And then salvation is guaranteed. Hallelujah. It's another way of asking for deliverance, if you will. <laughs> Instead of praying for deliverance, sometimes just simply say, God told me. Turn me from captivity. Turn me from foolishness. Just turn me, oh Lord. Hallelujah. Now look at Lamentation. I'll read you a couple of scriptures and I'll speak on some points. Lamentation chapter number 5. I'm reading from verse 20. Wherefore does that forget us forever and forsake us so long time? Turn thou us unto thee, O Lord, and we shall be turned. Renew our days as of old. Can you see this? Now, Jeremiah was writing about lamentation. I'm writing a book of lamentation. In truth, he was talking about the problem the Israelites were passing through. That's why it's called lamentation. It's like a cry of the situation they find themselves. How do you say, God, don't leave us this long. Turn us. Turn us. It's like saying, return us back to our realm of life and state of glory. Turn us again. If you turn to the Lord, then you shall behold His glory and move from glory to glory. But how can we turn? Except God return us. Because until you come into the presence of God, which has to do with the life of His glory, the countenance of His presence, until, see, when David said, in the presence, the fullness of joy was making reference to the same thing, being in His face, shining His light, His glory. And that is why Moses will pray and say, May God shine His light or His glory upon you. That is what produced salvation. That is what produced deliverance. May you no longer be in captivity perpetually. God turn me and let your light begin to shine on me. That I may be saved from the hands of my enemies. That I may even be saved from within myself. Because some of the problems we are passing through, they are within. They are not without. In fact, the greatest problem, the greatest enemy is within Except God turns you. You will never know this. Hallelujah. Wherefore hast thou, O Lord, forgotten us? And forgotten us for this so long a time. Turn thy us unto thee, O Lord. And we shall be turned. Renew our days as of old. It's like a man saying, Hey, I wish I was still living the way. You know what, David? You know what, Jacob? Was it Job? See, I remember... When the oil of the Lord was upon my head. When if I put the air, that's how the gate will stand up. That's exactly what he's saying. So, when this man is saying, turn us again, it's like Job saying, I wish I can go back to where I came from. Some of you have gotten glorious lives unknown to you. But you know what happens sometimes? Because of our failure in the present times, we vest anger on people. Every little thing say, I don't blame you. It's because of situation. No, your past can't help you now. And don't be angry with everybody because you had a glorious past and today is bad. They are not your fault. They are not the cause. They are not responsible. You have been responsible one way or the other. There are some things you failed to do. There are some things you neglected. You never planned well. So you fail now. 
And then you are blaming everybody who talks to you today. And then you withdraw to yourself. You hide in your room. You don't talk to people. So, no, I know myself. You don't know yourself. All you need to ask God for is say, turn me, O oh Lord. Let me get back to the place of glory, place of honor again. Nobody's responsible for your failure. So don't get angry with everybody. You can't talk to me if not for things that happen. And so what? Hallelujah. Sometimes when we say that, we don't know we're living in pride. If not that things change, I can't be here with you. You are just living in pride. Things have changed, they have changed. Understand it, believe it, know it, and work out something better. And don't stop getting angry with everybody. I know my mate. Who is your mate? The word is, turn me, O Lord. That's what you need. I remember somebody speaking. This is, this is... I was talking to somebody who spoke roughly to me just because of a very simple thing. Right? And then he said, my son spoke. The way he spoke to me is in my mate. In my heart of heart, I wish I could reply you. Of a truth, my son is not your mate. Because age is not by, I mean, number of years you have counted. Sorry to say, my son lives in a three-bedroom flat. He's got a baby. You are just getting married at your age. You're still in one room. Yes, my son is not your mate. But I couldn't tell him that because we look insulting. But he was trying to impress on me that he's such a big man. You are not a big man. Second set of change. Believe it and know it. And don't get angry with everybody. Am I talking to somebody? He's not a mate. He's not a mate. Who, who are you then? Who is your mate? This one is not your mate. The one at the top is not your mate. So where do you belong? That's the problem why we get angry, why we don't live well with people, with neighbors, because you are thinking about your past. No, just go to God and say, Turn me, O oh Lord. Give me back my glory. Man is not responsible. Your neighbor is not responsible. Your wife is not responsible. Nobody. Don't let your problem make you a nuisance in the society. That you can't even greet people because you think your past was glorious. Now, I'll give you an answer to that. Turn me what? Oh Lord, get me back to my glory. And when God fixes it, it's settled. Avoid the mistakes you make in the beginning while you came to the place you are. Am I talking to somebody here? That's all you need to like. Don't get angry with everybody. I plead with you this morning. Don't get angry. Even if people insult you along the road because you were trekking and you were not trekking before. Don't get angry. Even if people smash cars and no smash more than smear you with the mud because we're driving on high speed. Don't get angry. Turn me, O oh Lord, is your prayer. Am I talking to someone here? Because this why we're not living well with people because we think our life ought not to be like this. I remember the man we started with. All of us have passed through that. I've, I've even said that sometimes. I shouldn't be living the way I'm living now if I were to still be maintaining my job. We've said that, but it's nonsense. Does it make sense? God knows better. So if I made a mistake somewhere, I don't need to correct it and simply say, God, do what? Turn me. Hallelujah. I say, live at peace with all men. The Bible says, just turn me, O Lord. When he says, renew our days of old, let's restore us to our former state. Let us regain our glory. Right? It's like, it's like 
Jeremiah was saying, God, remember the glory of the temple before we went into captivity. Remember how glorious Israel was. Remember the place they occupied. Take us back there. Turn us, O Lord. Hallelujah. I like this kind of prayers. Instead of praying, God, for these poor brothers into captivity, why not you kill them so that we can go home? Huh? If God wants to kill you, I know they want to tell him to kill you. When he drowned the people of, of Egypt, it was not you that told him. He knows how to drown your enemies if he wants to. Stop all those kind of stupid prayers. Just focus on the Lord. Know Him. When the Red Sea parted, where you the one that parted the Red Sea? And when He closed it, where you the one that closed it? <laughs> and you think it would have become Moses asked for the head of the Egyptian. That is why the Red Sea closed. I think so. Isn't it? Wasting your time, spending your time praying about killing of your enemies and all that. Focus on him and say, God told me. Hallelujah. Now he speaks of that divine favor. Say, may we find favor again in that sight. Because if not for the Father, you forsook us. If not for the Father, we have left where we are supposed to be. These things around us will not be happening. May we find favor again. Turn us, oh Lord. Now you can't turn, I want to say this again, you can't even see His glory, you can't understand His mind, except something is done. Only God can. Let me show you what it means. John 6, 44, 45. Hallelujah. John 6, 44, verse 45. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me, draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God, Every man, therefore, that had heard an alliance of the Father, comment unto me. In other words, you can't even behold His glory until God draws you. And the word draw means to drag. Now, for God to begin to locate in the midst of humanity to drag you, it means He has fine favor in the sight of God. You know what it means to drag someone? It's like your son. In those days, Young children, they will refuse to go to school. The father will go call the teacher. He said, please, go and get that boy. And then he'll bring the prefect. The biggest boy is the prefect, not because they were most intelligent. Get the big boy. And they get to that say, go and bundle him. And then they will go back to the village, even with, without the fact that this guy has taken his bath. They will bundle the guy. The mother will carry the books and be following them. They bundle him to school. That is dragging. In other words, you are going against your wish for that moment. So for God to drag you, it means it's not because you wanted to. But you just find favor inside. You just look down and say, I think I love this guy. I will want him to see my son and to know him. And then his state will do what? Will change. Lord told me. That is the only prayer you need. Is that okay? Once God, once you can find favor in the sight of God, man, He's going to drag you to himself and you behold Christ. And God said, Jesus said, if God can drag you to me, I will raise you up. So he's waiting for God to do what? To drag. What should be your prayer? God, turn me. By implication, drag me and let your soul lift me. Then you come to the place of glory on the last day, which we are. And I'm not talking about last day in terms of the end of the world. Last day is in relation to the first and the second dimension. The first order of the old confidence and the new day that we are, which is in Christ. 
He is the day. Hallelujah. Bible says we are not in darkness. We are the sons of the day. Children of the day. Therefore we know the times and the seasons. Hallelujah. Okay. Now look at Jeremiah. Jeremiah 31. The same thoughts. One of the guys that captured this mind. I mean what we are dealing with this morning. Jeremiah. He wrote Lamentation. And he's also the one that's writing the book of Jeremiah. You know. Look at it. Jeremiah 31. I'm reading from verse 18. I have surely heard Ephraim booming or bemoaning himself thus. Thou hast chastened me, and I was chastened as a bullock unaccustomed to the yoke. Turn thou me, and I shall be turned, for thou art the Lord my God. Surely after that I was turned. Look at that. I repented. And after that I was instructed. I smote upon my thigh. I was ashamed. Yea, even confounded because I did hear the reproach of what? Of my youth. Is he free, my dear son? Is he a pleasant child? For since I speak against him, I do earnestly remember him still. Therefore, my parents are troubled for him. I will surely have what? Mercy upon him, saith the Lord. Can you see that? Hallelujah. We, we, we spoke about turning a few weeks past now last week and then we spoke about the mercies of God. When God has mercy on you, He's going to turn you. And listen to what happened here. Jeremiah said, when God turned us, we remember, we repented, we smote on our lap. That means we mourn. That means we regretted the things we did while we came to this state. Don't blame anybody. And until God turns you, you will not see where you are falling. You will not know the things you've done. You will not come to the place of true repentance. And asking God for mercy, you won't come for it. So we smote upon our laps. It's a sign of mourning. Oh God, I'm sorry. I regretted this thing that I did. Have you come to that place in your life? Those who were talking about this morning, we can hardly see people say I'm sorry and all of that, with men in particular. But if God truly turns you, you will say you are sorry. Because it's no longer you. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's no longer you. So the problem we have is because we have not been told. But God tells you, you will not see things. You will not see the things you've done in your past. When He say, I remember my youth. Not just how pleasant it was, but how foolish it was. Because youthfulness can make you do things that you are not supposed to do. By implication, we've come into this state because of our youthful exuberance, youthful attitude, juvenile delinquencies. I remember my youth. Not in a pleasant state in this dimension, but I remember that my youthful state cost me this much. Hallelujah. But Jeremiah said, I still have God saying, <laughs> Is he free, my dear son? God has not forsaken you. Are you still there? Is he a pleasant child? The answer says yes. No matter your state, no matter where you have gone to, no matter how foolishness have driven you thus far from God, God is saying, is he free, my son? Is he my pleasant child? Yes, he is. It's just like you see the prodigal son. God is still there for him. Are you still there with me? All you need to do is do what? Turn down me, O Lord. Say, for turn to the Lord. We shall be changed into his image from glory to glory. Receiving all the promises, all the blessings. Hallelujah. 
and saying, I will still have mercy upon him. I will have mercy upon him. He has done all that he has done. But my mercy is still standing. Mercies of God will not abate. My mercy is still standing. You may have done the foolish things you've done, but my mercy is still standing. David could eat his showbread. That was not lawful for him to eat. But by the mercies of God, he went scot-free. Because he knew his mind. He knew where he was going. He knows his end from the very beginning. And the Lord said, I will have mercy on him. God is going to have mercy on you. No matter where you've been. No matter the things that are happening around you. No matter you things you call failure and disappointment. There is a turning for you in the name of Jesus Christ. God is going to turn you around and you are going to behold his glory. And that is going to come via his mercy. It's going to come through his mercy. Not because you qualified. Then you are going to remember the things you've done. That's what we call true repentance. That's what I say. Though God, if you turn us, we shall be saved. Shine your face on us, we shall be saved. We shall be delivered. Sozo, spirit, soul, and body. We shall be set free. If God can turn us, we will remember our past and we will repent about them. We will say, God, we are sorry for what you've done. True repentance will come when you see God's light and glory and promises. Hallelujah. Some of you don't even know the things that the Lord has promised you. You see? So that is why you can't seek Him the way you ought to seek Him. But the hour is come and now is. When your true eyes shall behold the glory of the Lord. And we see the promises that are containing what He has in mind for you. We know that the Lord has not forsaken you. He said, Is He free, my son? Not just my son, my dear son. Is He free, my pleasant child? So are you in the house of the Lord. By reason of the washings of the blood of Christ, I pleasant child, I dear son to the Father. If God loves His Son, He loves you. And so I believe God is going to turn you this moment. <laughs> and you see something else. After that, I was told. After that, I was converted from my silly, foolish, and stupid way of life. After I was converted, after I was turned, I smote upon my ties. I regretted the life that I lived. This is not just psychological repentance. It's repentance from the heart. You can see it. You can see how glorious you have been. You can see who God is to you. You can see where you came from. You can see the true image of God. When God created in His likeness, you can, you can begin to see that. And you can see that something has stood on your way from making that progress. Now God open your eyes to see it and say, I'm sorry about this, Lord. Hallelujah. Are you still there? I have these points to say. God alone can cause us to turn to be able to receive the change. Only God can. Are you there with me? And so we need to pray this prayer accurately with understanding. Turn us, O Lord. Because when we turn, the change will come. He said, if they turn to the Lord, they'll be changed from glory to glory. The change will not come until we turn. And we cannot turn until God turns us. So what do we do to have it turning? We seek His face to say, God, do what? Turn us. Hallelujah. Number two, change is based on seeing the Lord. Not on sermons or reading the book only. Hallelujah. Understand it. Change is not just listening to sermons. Change is not how many messages you've had. 
change is not reading the Bible from cover to cover. You know, people say, I've read this book five times. That can produce the change. Change is only possible as you see the Lord. So beholding as in a glass, we are what? Change from glory to glory. What I mean is it's like you put a mirror there, you're looking at the mirror. You'll be seeing yourself in the mirror. Is that okay? And then, if you see yourself in the mirror, something happens to you sometimes. Maybe your head is not fixed. Maybe your face is that. Maybe that. You understand what I'm trying to say? Now you're going to be doing something to see yourself polished. Because the mirror will tell you how ugly you are. Others will look at the mirror and say, Oh, how beautiful I am. We give thanks. They have nothing to work on. Amen? Am I talking? Yeah. When you look at the mirror and say how beautiful you are, you don't have anything to do. What I mean is, if you look at the world and you see yourself in perfection, then you have nothing to work on, and God has nothing to do for you as well. But if you look at the world and you can see spots of yourself, and the world can show you spots, then those spots God is going to help you remove, and then you are changed from glory to glory, even as by His likeness, because Himself is without spot or wrinkles. So it's not the number of time you read the book, as far as I'm concerned. And you know something? Help me, Father. When God changes you, He adds His name to you, which is what you call the divine nature of God the other time. As we are changed, we are changing to the image and likeness of God. We are coming to the place of the divine nature of God, which has always His character. Now watch this. Abraham, and I've said that several times, Abraham was changed from Abraham to Abraham. That's the change. Now the H is God's name which has to do with Yahweh. Now God took an aspect of himself and put it into Abraham so that a man of a hundred years can give birth. Help me Lord. Am I talking now? When his nature comes to you, it destroys your old nature and that the things you couldn't do, now you can do. So Abraham was a hundred years old and God added his nature by adding hash to Abraham and he could give birth at the age of a hundred. And he never left Sarah alone. Sarah was S-A-R-A-I. He removed the I and added H. And Sarah could give birth at how many years old? Ninety what? Can you get a reason why it happened? Because they will change into another likeness and the image of God. God turned them, they forsook idolatry, and they came to the Lord. And that's why you must understand that Abraham did not give birth to who? To Ishmael. I'm sure you know that. For those who are not familiar with this message, you understand it. Abraham was not the father of Ishmael. It was Abraham that was the father of Ishmael. Then Abraham, the father of Isaac. Is that okay? Huh? You know, we teach that in church. Abraham had two sons. It's not true. One was Abraham, and he got Ishmael. And when he became Abraham, he got Isaac. Because that is the son of the promise. And the promise was the word of God. And the word of God carried the nature of God. And the word landed on Abraham, and he became Abraham. When God gives you a promise, 
a divine nature of God is being impacted into your life and you are going to function in the place where ordinarily you cannot function. Help me, Lord, here. It just by his words. He recreates, he's upholding the world. I see light in this, friends. Let him just speak a word to you. Something will land in your life that will take you beyond your level. You begin to do the impossibilities. And people wonder why and how God spoke. His life comes into you. Anytime he speaks, his life is released. So the life I speak unto you, they are life and they are spirit. It means they are creative. Somebody later kill it, but the spirit give it life. Come on. Are you still following this? Jacob was changed from Jacob to Israel. God's name of Elohim was added to Jacob to make him a new being. You need to take your father's name now. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Abraham and Sarah got Yahweh. Jacob got Israel. And that's the mighty man of the book. You see that all of them doing that. They have the name of God attached to their name. Ezekiel. Hmm? Isaiah. Jeremiah. Obidiah. That is Yahweh. Help me, Lord. Am I talking to someone? You've got to take your father's name. That is what is going to bring the change. That it will be changed into his likeness. Otherwise, you keep on betting Ishmael. <laughs> are, you, are you hearing what I'm talking about? Ishmael is just the Old Testament. Ooh. So that's what I'm talking to you this morning. Listen now, listen. Change is based on seeing the Lord. It's based on seeing the Lord. You see, you see what happened to Jacob? Jacob had to wrestle with God. Change me, Lord. And so we go there and say, Pray until something happens. What do you think happens? We think we are looking for blessings. <laughs> but the truth, Jacob wasn't really looking for blessing. He was looking for deliverance. <laughs> I mean, a strange like that. I need, to, I need help. So that my brother doesn't come and kill me. And the way I'm going, I don't know. You've got to help me, Lord. He tied the Lord. And God said, change your name from Jacob to Israel. I'm adding my name to your life now. Things are going to become glorious. So when he got to the house of Laban, things were working without him sweating. All you need is the name of God in your life. Am I talking to someone? Divinely changing into his likeness. Don't blame anybody for your words. Just say, God, turn me. That's all you need. Turn me. No matter how old you are, changes will come. God will add this name to your name and things will begin to work. Dead cells will come alive. Dead business will come alive. Seek his face. Let him turn you. Goodness and mercy. Hallelujah. Why do we change? We look in order to become what we see. Is that alright? What you are looking at, you become what you are seeing. You remember what, what Jacob did with the poplar tree? When the animals were looking at the poplar tree on the truth there, they were able to bring forth drink straight in their body. You become what you see. Is that alright? Come on, am I talking? That's why when you're focusing on idolatry, you idol conscious, you become... See, the more you see devil, you become like the devil. Now I'm saying the truth because the Bible says, if we look unto Christ, we become like him. So if you look at a devil, we become like a devil. No wonder we see many devil people walking around and they call themselves Christians. They are devils. 
You don't understand because your conscience, devil is not the appearance of a man. God is not the appearance of a man. Like he said, very accurate. Otherwise, all our nose will have been the same if this is the way God is. Huh? But some people have flat nose, some have long nose. God is the God of the universe. Some people have white skin. You are not going to change them. Am I talking to someone? So God is not like this. God is spirit. Is that okay? It's the character of God that makes you the image of God. So the devil itself is not the idol you see. It's still the character of a being, if you will. Is that okay? So if you are God walking on the earth, we still have devils walking on the earth. Now, did you understand me? And how does that come? By the things you want, you see. The more you see devil walking around, the more you're going to become devil-like. <laughs> God help us. Hallelujah. So we look in order to become what we see. Now, I'm thinking your eyes now should be single from now. And what do you need to see? See Christ. In all things, see Him. Hmm? Let it be at the center. In all things, see Christ. Just see Him. The more you see Him, the more you become like Him. And every other thing will go behind you. And only God can cause you to see Christ in all things. That is the turning point. Are you still there? Look at number four. The work of God is not complete until we come to the place of change. Or until He changes us, His work is toward is not complete. Because salvation is complete to the uttermost. Hmm? Until the changes come, God's work is not yet complete. Because when we change into the image and the likeness of His Son. So creation is continuous until we become and are changed into the likeness of God's image. God is the creating, if you will. He sent for this word, and His word created them. Are you there? Number five. Hallelujah. When we become, we do so to fulfill the high calling of God in our lives. The purpose for which He apprehended us on the earth. Now, God called us to Himself. There's a reason why He called us. Only change can make us fulfill that purpose. Jacob couldn't have fulfilled purpose until he had a change. And it is out of the change the twelve tribe came. So there is a calling. The reason why God is saying change is because there are things he must fulfill in your life. Are you done with me? God has called you, but you cannot ascend to the place of fulfilling the divine calling until there is a change in your life. So, it's expected by predestination that Jacob was going to bear the twelve tribes of Israel. And until the change comes, he can attest to that. Are you getting this? So the change has to come while it wrestle with God. So when God called us, it's also intended to do what? To change us. That's why I say until the change comes, God has not finished his job. Because if he predestined you for something to bring forth a divine aspect of his life and mind to creation, he must change you to be able to bring that to pass. Can you get what I mean now? So until the change comes, God is not finished yet. Hallelujah. Are you following me? Number six. We are not called to act, A-C-T, but to become. 
And that takes true fellowship and communion with Him as we eat Him and drink of His flesh and blood. Listen, listen closely. We are not called to act. A C T. Capital letter. But we are called to become to do what? To become. Hmm? Come on. Are you understanding what I'm saying now? You can act being a Christian. Speaking tongues, do all those beautiful things, and you know. Yesterday somebody called me and he said, Oh, I was so weak when uh, night vigil and was so tired. I said, Oh, that's good. That's good. But somehow I know this guy too well. So to me, I don't see the use of all of those night vigils. What are you looking for? We are not really called to act Christianity. We are asked to become, if you will, Christians. Hmm? See, he said, as many as believe, you get power to become. So you cannot act the change. That's what I'm trying to explain to you. You can ask the change. You can... I, now, I'm not against confessing it is done. I'm not against that. <laughs> but I all prefer to say, God told me. Because you're confessing that you've changed does not make it real. But I'm not against positive confession. But we must stay reality on ground because we are not called to act. We are called to do what? To become. And becoming means revealing or fulfilling your divine purpose in creation. Listen, Paul was called an apostle, but he never fulfilled or became until he had an encounter with Christ on the road to Damascus. Come on, am I talking now? He already had a call. Now he was acting as the one that believed God until he had an encounter, and he became the apostle that God called him to be. We are not called to act. We are called to become. I don't have to act to be a Christian. I don't have to act to be a righteous man. That is movie. Christianity is not movie. Am I talking? Oh, come on, hear me. It's not Hollywood, it's not Hollywood. That is acting. But God calls us to become. We are changed into the image of His likeness. And it changes from glory to glory to glory to glory until we represent and manifest the perfectness. <laughs> I see something beyond the acting. I want to become. That is my goal. That is my target. That is the vision God has laid before me. And so like Paul will say, I do not claim to have apprehended. But it's one thing I do. Forgetting the past. I present forward to the mark of the high calling of God upon my life. And somehow along the line, people go, God is going to bring people around you to help you, not only to see, but to become. Are you there with me? You need to become. Don't act. It's only man that says, I'm blind, that God heals. Did I talk to anybody? If Grand Baptist had confessed by faith, he would have been there, but he said, God, I'm blind. So I need help. <laughs> and Jesus will speak in John chapter 9. Pharisees said, Are we blind also? 
He said, since you said you see, you are blind. But if you were blind, you will see. The man that said, I am seeing, may end up being a blind man. By implication, I saying, I don't need your help. <laughs> so if you want to change, God told me. Am I talking to someone? You may hear, having heard, you respond. Because blind Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was passing by. What was his response? Son of David, have mercy on me. The same thing. Hmm? I receive it by faith. No, have mercy on me. Because I know you are passing by. It is the same thing as what? Mercy. Mercy will bring the change. Well, you know that you can't help yourself. Only God can. Hmm? Look at what you said the other day. God was speaking to Saul. When you are small in your eyes, what did God do to you? He sought you and brought you up. When you were small, in your own eyes. So your own estimation can be a hindrance to what God wants to do about you and in your life. If you think you have arrived, give glory to God. Hallelujah. But we just need to turn and do what? Do what? And see Him. And only God can do what? Can turn us. Hallelujah.